Oh, it's a pig! <laughs> Welcome to the Lake Erie Kayak Anglers Podcast. The podcast designed to make you a better angler. I'm Chuck Earls with LakeErieKayakFishing.com. Today we have Billy Chambers with us from the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. We're going to talk about a little bit about the different series, which you guys have offered, and uh, just kayak tournament fishing in general. Billy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I really appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Before we get into the kayak fishing, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I always, whenever someone asks that question, I always feel like I should start with one of the most important things, and that's I'm a dad. So I'm a dad. I have four kids. Um, my, my current employer that I'm at, I've been there 11 years now, and um, I've been in the same industry. It's, I won't get into all that because that's boring, but I've been at this, the same employer for 11 years. So they all think that I have little kids because when I started – I had a uh, one that had just went into kindergarten, and then so she was like six, and then I had um, maybe a five-year-old, and then a, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. So they're all super close together in age, and I had boy-girl, boy-girl, uh, special ordered them that way. And uh, But no, now they're older. The oldest is, if you can do that math that I just laid out there, she'll be 18 in October. And um, then I have a 16-year-old who he's going to, get out there and do some tournament, um, tournament fishing, uh, with me this year. He did a little bit last year, but, um, I think, yeah, that's, that's the most important thing of, you know, father of four kids and, uh, really enjoy it. And I've been fishing my whole life, got into kayak fishing kind of by accident. I had a couple of mountain bikes back in the late nineties and, um, it really like, wasn't like, I couldn't find anywhere in central Ohio that I really liked to go mountain biking. You know, I bought these bikes and all the ads were like Colorado and <laughs> places like that. And then I'm like, oh, you know, Reynoldsburg and Bexley, um, you know, Pickerington doesn't have that much to offer. So we have, but we have streams around and creeks and stuff. So I actually made a good deal with a guy I traded, um, for some kayaks, uh, from, it was Galleons at the time, which is now Dick's Sporting Goods. But um, I bought two uh, Dagger 10.5 um, Black, uh, I think it was Blackwater, is that what they're called? Man, it's been so long now. I still have one of them, but it was a little wreck boat and just wanted to go out and just have fun. And then it probably wasn't until maybe 2003 that I actually started fishing out of it. And... Um, then I guess fast forward to right before COVID, I bought my first uh, real kayak that I was just like, I'm gonna, I'm going all in on this tournament angling, and um, you know, joined BKFT on their committee, and really just, I really enjoy the behind the scenes and really getting other people involved and introducing the sport to new people. But um, it was, yeah, I guess it was March of 2020. I bought a PA 14 360. It was when the 360 was brand new. It's funny because a lot of people ask me, like, how do you like that 360 drive? And I'm like, I don't know any different. So, <laughs> um, but no, man, that's me, you know? Yeah. That's what you're in now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have the, the PA. It's a 2020 PA 14. Um, and then I recently also bought a Compass. I bought the 20, 
22 Compass. So shout out to Strictly Sale down in Blue Ash uh, near Cincinnati. So, um, yeah, it's the they, 2022. They, uh, yeah? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying they made some upgrades to that Compass. They, the seat on it is the same seat that they put on the inflatables and the links. All aluminum, super light boat. Um, I can use my wheels from my PA to cart that little guy around. And I took it out Sunday. Uh, huge shout out to you because I wore my dry suit, my semi dry suit. Uh, water, water temperature was like 45. Air temperature was 38. Literally a lifesaver if I had, uh, I mean, I was in a brand new boat that I'd never, I'm used to the PA and then I'm in a, a, a lot smaller boat. You know, I could have easily uh, tipped it. I didn't. So, <laughs> right. But um, yeah, that's what I'm in now, the 360, the PA. Nice. Yeah, Strictly Sail has uh, some great kayaks over there. They are also an old town kayak dealer. So if you're looking for an old town, I'll be heading that way uh, very shortly to pick up the, the grand prize for the kayak division for the Lake Erie Walleye Fall Brawl. Grand yeah. prize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which one is Pretty it? Nice. Um, Big Water 132 pedal drive. Okay. Wow. How many kayaks do you personally own? Uh, right now, I own three. Um, I need to get a few more. Yeah, I wasn't sure where that was going to go either. You could have said anything from three to like 30, and I wouldn't know. I'm like, I have no, when I asked that question, I literally had no idea what you were going to say. Yeah, I have one boat. Well, the, I still have the Pungo hanging in the garage too. The, uh, the Wilderness Systems Pungo 140. Um, and then I have a, it's a native Manta Ray Propel 12. It's a great boat. It's kind of like a, kind of like a Hobie um, Outback. Uh, but it's, it's just a little small for my clients for big water. Uh, for the, you know, the smaller clients, the younger people, it's great. My, my older clients said rather than be in a, in a big water in a more stable boat um just more comfortable more room for them so i think i'm gonna get rid of that one probably add you know a couple of old towns to the fleet um i do have a i know they're kind of impossible to get from the factory right now old town's telling me that uh it's going to be like next year but you know if you're looking for an old town you need to go to the dealer now you know your local dealers are the ones that are going to have them wow Man, I remember growing up and like Old Town was always, every time you saw a canoe, you know, you saw someone hitting the creek and going out, it would always be Old Town, Old Town canoes. And, um, you know, it was always white water and then some wreck boats. But isn't it kind of crazy to think about, um, and, and huge shout out to Old Town for really pivoting and seeing a market and then going after it and then going all in on the kayak stuff. Um, even when I was down, I fished in the Bassmaster Classic down in Texas, and they they had like Old Town had a whole demo set up at the the at the um the board check in, and you know they were letting people you know check out the check out the boats and they had beverages they were giving away and all that. The guys were super nice, and then I'm looking around, I see all these anglers w wearing their jerseys, and it's like all like it's obvious that they're on like Old Town Pro Team or whatever, and I'm like. Man, this is this is crazy because you know I was when I bought my Hobie, I was thinking, 
Hobie was, you know, and still, in my opinion, still is like one of the best. But there's just so many kayak companies out there. And now with with the motors and then, because it, it was like the, the pedal drive with the Hobie kind of set Hobie apart a little bit. And then right. with the, the, the pedal drives with the other kayaks, it was cool. But now with the motor, you could, I even have a buddy um, went on a Florida trip. And he has a new canoe unlimited. I think that thing's like 41 inches wide. You talk about your clients that want a stable boat. I'm looking at this boat like, geez. He actually, he caught, it was Matt Davis who fishes out of that. He caught like a, almost a 24 inch bass in, in, in Florida. And he, he got his foot tangled on something and he tripped in his boat and he just fell down with the, with the almost 24 inch bass in his hand. He fell down in his boat and he made a comment to me later. Like, Hey, if I was in my other boat, you know, I would have flipped it. <laughs> I was like, that's true. Yeah. So, well, you know, one thing I want to point out is stability is not purchased. It's earned, you know, so Matt obviously has a lot of time on the water. Um, it's one of those situations where you catch yourself and, you know, he probably would have went in, but he knew better. And that's when he hit the deck. You know, I've had situations where, you know, I was standing, uh, throwing a cast net, you know, in a river or something like that. And it snags on your rod holder as you're going around, you lose your balance. And, you know, you start going over, you sit down, you get your balance back before, uh, before you actually do flip over. Um, but with that being said, those kayaks are very stable, but anything, you know, it's, it's not a fact that the kayak flipping over, it could just toss you off. Like the old town's good with that. If you get both shoulders outside, it's just going to throw you out of the seat. Okay. You know? Now, when, when it does flip is when you reach to the opposite side and you try to grab the handle to stop yourself from going in. And then the kayak just goes with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we do a lot of re-entry practice out there. Um, and it just builds up that comfort level because you, you set that stability there. You set that, that barrier you know, so kind of like uh, in, in one of my YouTube videos where uh, um, my buddy is reaching out, trying to net that fish. And when he gets to the point where the kayak's about to go over, you know, subconsciously, he knows to lean back the other way and kind of save itself. And that's something that just learns, you know, you get from uh, reentry practice and uh, um, just experience. Yeah. Yeah. And in the old days with the, with the old rec, boat like the dagger that i had it was almost like a whitewater kayak where your let your your thighs and your hips were kind of wedged up inside and you right. had 100 percent control people would ask me sometimes like do you, you flip that boat you i'm like i flipped it one time when I, when i was brand new but once you have your hips like you have total control but with these sit on tops and all that you get so comfortable being you feel stable and then to your point i think we we all need to Maybe, well, I don't, I don't want to speak for everyone. I need to practice flipping it and flipping it back over and doing that. I definitely want to get my son out there and make, make him in warm water, make him flip the compass and then watch him get back in. And well, I mean, I'll teach him how to do it. Right. But then I want to see him do it. Cause even, you know, I guess as a, as a parent or even a friend, if you had a buddy that flipped, just knowing that they have the experience, I mean, they may be 200 yards away. You think they're close. But, you know, they need to be able to, 
to handle their business out there. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't plan you know, to flip anytime uh, soon, but got to no. be prepared. But, you know, when it does happen, you already know what to do. You know, you don't have to figure out how to actually get back in your kayak um, when you're in a dangerous situation. Yeah. I remember going uh, whitewater rafting down in West Virginia when I was uh, in my early 20s. And I remember seeing, you know, you could pay. They probably still do it now, but I haven't been in, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to date myself. I just turned 46 last week, so I'm old. Um, I saw you could pay extra money for a high adventure package. So instead of having, like, 10 people on the raft, it was a smaller raft, and there was only four people. So it was three buddies and then the guide. And he was like, oh, come on, we're going to – we're going to flip this in this spot. We're going to flip the raft on purpose. We're going to go over a swim. It'll be fun. And we flipped, you know, whatever we did it. He just like he promised we flipped. And then I saw him grab, you know, and he had that bag on the side of him with the strap and he climbs up on there. He, he goes down, he clips the strap on there. And then he does like a back. He just jumped backwards into the water and the raft flipped over. And I was like, he like, in my mind, he was like a superhero. I was like, that guy's like Spider-Man. Like, what did he just do? You know, and then I kind of talked to him a little bit about it later. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's just like when you're helping someone back in the raft, you think you're going to pull them up. You're not going to do that. Grab a hold of them and then fall back into the boat. And your body weight will pull them into the boat. Yep. And I, I always thought that was fascinating. And it was fun. I also remember seeing a small, so this was back in, again, late 90s, I guess. I saw a small whitewater guy who was, um, back then they would do photography and videography. So there was like a whitewater guy and like, and I'm, I'm totally into photography and videography, right? Um, there was a guy that that was his job to take photos and film it in a whitewater kayak. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. And then in between boats or whatever, I saw the guy pull the rod out and he starts fishing for smallmouth on the new river. <laughs> and I was, I was just like blown away. Like, Oh my gosh, what a life, you know, that's kind of what you do. He was like Chuck Earls before I knew Chuck Earls was a, was a thing. I don't want to call you a thing, but you know what I mean? Right. Well, he was in a, a lot more challenging kayak. That would be like me and the Pongo that 14 foot sit inside kayak. Probably like you and the dagger. Yeah, I actually did. Um, when I first bought the dagger, I bought, uh, neoprene uh, spray skirts and the opening was just it, I mean if it was like an inch bigger probably wouldn't have worked but I had spray skirts and I learned to Eskimo roll the dagger and it's definitely a technique and being upside down in a kayak and trying to kind of you know muscle memory to figure out how to get back up and you know that's when you realize that your head really does weigh more than the other part, you know, head first, and then you got to do the Eskimo roll. It was a lot of fun. I probably did it like maybe 10 times, mostly just showing off for friends. Um, right. And then, yeah, as soon as I picked up a rod, I stopped with all the whitewater nonsense. I was like, no, I'm never doing that again. I, I was, I was hooked on, on fishing for smallies in the Creek. Yeah, I get that. You know, it's, it's nice to get out there and paddle around or pedal around. Um, but at the end of the day, man, it's the fish. It's, uh, I don't know, the tug. The tug is the drug. Yep. Yep. 100%, man. Speaking of, let's get uh, 
Let's get into the BKFT. I'm looking at the schedule and I, I don't even know where to start. You guys have so many events. Um, so why don't, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? When did the BKFT start? Well, it started um, back in 2013, uh, 2012, 2013. So this is actually the 10-year anniversary for BKFT. And I didn't join until – I didn't even know tournament fishing. I didn't know that was a thing. Of course, back then you had to have a camera, and then you had to bring your camera to the weigh-in, and then slowly it evolved, whatever, and then, you know, Tourney X came along or whatever. But this is going to be my third – full year fishing the, the tournaments. And um, I did go back and look at some of the old schedules from over the years. And it, it started out pretty slow. There were, I think there were some years where there was like four or five events and you know what? They could have them on smaller lakes, um, lakes that we would love to do now, but you know, I mean, everyone's got the itch right now. I mean, spring is coming up. People are ready to go. Could you imagine a, a first event if we have like a hundred anglers and then we're on a lake where they used to have like 20. Right. It's not going to work. So, but anyway, yeah, 2013 and this is the 10th year. Nice. So you have three different sections. You have the tour series, the online series, and the multi-species series. What differentiates those? Well, the, the tour series is, that's kind of like the big, you know, the big leagues of, of BKFT. So if you're going for angler of the year and you know that you're going to dedicate a, a good amount of time, you know, you can fish at least six events. Um, cause it takes, it's your best six scores will qualify you for what we call the classic. And the classic is basically, you know, like the, like the Bassmaster classic or, um, it's the, at the end of the year and it's, it's invitation only. So the, um, yeah, your top six events in the tour series are for angler of the year. And then if you want to, if you want to get started, you, you, maybe you're into like some month longs or you just want to, you know, like I said, with my son, I'm going to get him out there and get him used to the catch photo release and, you know, less pressure. There's not people around, there's no weigh-ins and all that stuff. Um, that would be, you know, the online series. And we do have an online warrior at the end of the year. We track the points as well. And you can still, um, still, you know, get that, get that award. And then the third series is the multi-species series. And, you know, I'm going to throw it out there to um, maybe to your listeners and they can put in the comments, what, what would be a good name for the multi-species champion? So we have the angler of the year for the tour series the online warrior and the multi-species series winner. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what to call it. So we're going to rename it. So Esther angler. Ooh, that would be a good one. Cause that's, that's, that would be true. Yeah. Um, but, and then we can, um, we can dive into any of those you want, or if there's anything else on the schedule that kind of jumps out as like an obvious, like, Hey, explain that a little bit more. I'm not sure. Well, I will, I'll post the link to the schedule um, in the description. That way everybody can uh, kind of go through and break through it. I don't think we really have the time to go through all of these, but it looks like you pretty much have an event almost every weekend from mid-April on out. Yeah, we um, talked about a little bit 
I think before we, we were recording, I talked about being on the committee with BKFT. And um, in the off season, we, we get together and we really do break it down and look at all the calendar events, look at the other trails. It's, oh my gosh, it's so, it's so much harder than I would have ever thought. But we really do take a lot of things into consideration. And I mean, it could be something as simple as like, you know, Mother's Day. And, you know, we, we, last thing you want to do is schedule a, a fishing tournament on Mother's Day weekend. Talk about having no one attend. <laughs> They're right. like, no, I'm not, I'm not dumb. So um, we do have a lot, of, a lot of events. But when the first thing someone might notice when they look at the schedule would be there's some little icons next to some of the events. Uh, we, we're the only uh, kayak bass the, uh, with Bassmaster. It's the kayak series. We're the Ohio ambassador for, the, for, the, for that trail, uh, for the Bassmaster. And there are three events that you would earn points. So when you sign up through Tourney X, it's really simple. The first time you do it, it'll ask you, you want to pay for the event. And then do you also want to pay for the kayak, you know, Bass Nation? And if you check that little box, it'll add the additional whatever the fee is. But this year, it's going to be Delaware Lake on May 14th, uh, Mosquito Lake on August 6th. Oh, I love that lake. And then September 24th, we're going out to East West Harbor in the fall. I've never fished East West Harbor in the fall, so I'm looking forward to that too. That's going to be a great time. Yeah, is it? I'll have to, maybe when we're done recording, I'll ask you some questions. <laughs> have you, uh, what's your favorite between East Harbor or West Harbor? I mean, either one, really. Yeah. Um, you You're know, like it's, wal walleye. There's no walleye in the harbor. Are they in the harbor? <laughs> they can be. Uh, but it's it's kind of like a, a getaway on the bad days. You know, and the cool thing about it is they're always a new area to explore. So, you know, you might not go out there and catch some walleye. You might catch greenbacks. You might catch some smallmouth or some crappie or some bluegill um or some catfish some perch uh but it's it's beautiful there's tons of wildlife there's all kinds of areas to explore all kinds of structure i don't know there's everywhere it's just all so magical it doesn't matter where it is on lake erie or in the harbors in the rivers they all have their own little special kind of shimmer to them yeah yeah, absolutely. And then East Harbor, also the, the campground, the state campground is pretty, pretty legit. Um, yeah. If you've ever been to some kind of sketchy campgrounds where the showers or the, the bathrooms weren't as great, um, I, I like to take the kids to East Harbor because it's, it's just the facilities are pretty cool. So, And then everything you named as well. It's great. Hey, I got a question for you. How does, because you think of the harbor being out of the wind, but if the wind kicks up, East Harbor is where I have most of my experience. Man, th that can get pretty choppy. Depending on the direction of the wind. Oh, I got it. So if it's coming off the lake, it's going to be yep. pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, it'll push you, you back know, if, into the corner. If you have a little bit of shoreline to get protection, um, you can kind of fare pretty well for the most part. Um, that really comes down to just building your understanding with the forecast and the way that the wind changes the water. So on Lake Erie, you know, a lot of people, they're kind of skeptical on a Southern wind. 
Um, you know, on a southern wind, I mean, until you get about a half mile out, you're really not getting that much of an effect, <clears throat> especially on a on a lighter wind. You know, so you have that shoreline to protect you. Now, if you have 50 miles of flat water for that wind to build, um, it's definitely going to intensify and you're going to have that current coming in also. Got it. Wow. And then um, I've never fished on the actual main lake in my kayak. So if you if you're only out like a like a quarter mile or what, like there's plenty of plenty of fish. Depends on the time. Okay, um, that, that wasn't for the like most a, part. Yeah, on a level uh, scale of one to ten, how dumb of a question was that? Not a dumb question at all. Okay. Um, it just depends, man. There's there's so many different species that you can target. You can sit there in the middle of summer and cast from shore and catch sheephead all day long, and have a great time. You know, you're gonna catch walleye, maybe, maybe not. Depends on the time. Um, shoreline angling is, is a little bit of a handicap like that. Cause you gotta have to, you kind of have to wait for the fish to come to you, you know, at least with the kayak, you can kind of go to the fish. Now, if you go along the shoreline and you fish the drop-offs, you fish the points, you fish the structure, you're going to find some fish. Is it the fish you're looking for? I don't know, but there's so many different species, you know, catfish, uh, yellow perch. You have uh, the white bass that go out there. Like I said, the sheephead, um, the walleye. Sometimes you get some steelhead, uh, smallmouth, you know, largemouth. I mean, it's it's just uh, endless possibilities. Um, and there are some nice structure areas along the shoreline that, that hold resident walleye um, most of the year, if not all the year. So you just need to, you know, explore, target those locations. Just look at you know, look at the map, do a little bit of map structure. Think like a fish. If I was a fish, where would I sit? Where would I hide? How would I ambush? Yeah, I love it. I don't know, man. Maybe that was a dumb question. You were nice about it, though. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's just uh, when I get that question, it's it's really like you're not really a walleye angler. So right. what species are you trying to target? is is really like what comes to mind when i get that question so it's not a dumb question at all yeah um, we're just so fortunate to have so many different species to target where it's like hey do you want to go have a good time do you want to go fill the freezer you know you want to catch something you never caught before um the kids i mean taking a kid drum fishing is like one of the best things ever yeah yeah, they fight. You get a 24, 25 inch yeah. drum on there. <laughs> that kid doesn't stop smiling. Right. <laughs> we will be back after the short break. Today's podcast powered by Amped Outdoors, changing the way you outdoors. Hashtag capacity matters. Well, uh, let me, since you, you released these podcasts pretty, pretty quick after they're recorded. So, I'll just, I'll give a shout out to like, we have right now we have this spring fling going on. That's our online. Um, that's going to be April 1st through 30th. It's too late to sign up if you haven't signed up already, but, um, and then we do have two year long, uh, going on. So, and they're both May 1st through October 15th. One is a large mouth year long. 
and the other one is a smallmouth year long. So if you know you're going to be out on Lake Erie or you know you're going to be, you know, somewhere in Ohio where, where there's some big smallies, uh, it's your best five fish for the entire year. So if you're in other tournaments anyway, a lot of people like to double dip, you know, and have some side things going on. The BKFT online year long, those are two really good tournaments to do. And then, um, like I said, we have that meeting every year and we really decided this year that we were going to start the season long tournaments after the spring fling ended. Cause you know, you'll have some anglers go out and just go out in April and just hit these, these honey holes and, you know, catch 104 inches. And then how does that look towards this, the year long, you know, it kind of could discourage people, I guess, you know, so May 1st is when those season long start. So I'm pretty excited about both of those. And, um, and then real quick, the, the tour series kickoff is going to be sponsored by strictly sale and the whole, our whole BKFT, that's our title sponsor is strictly sale, but the opening tournament is a two day tournament, April 23rd and 24th. And it's called the Cincinnati lakes. And we're doing Cowan and Acton. And we threw in a curveball. You can't fish the same lake twice. We're not going to tell you which one you have to fish day one or day two, but you can't fish the same lake twice. And some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. We'll see how it goes. I think there's going to be a really big turnout for that, though. So here's a good question. If you fish lake number one on day one, at the end of day one, can you go and pre-fish lake number two before the start of day number two? Oh my gosh. Uh, I believe the KBF, because we follow KBF rules. I believe KBF wants you off the water by like 4 p.m. So um, you, you can't, you can't leave and go to another lake. I know that, but I don't know. I think you'd be, no, you can't, you're not gonna be able to do it unless you quit fishing because they're there. It's too, it's like 40 minutes to the other lake. Gotcha. So, yeah. But I mean, like after you, cause you got to come back for the weigh-in, right? Or the check-in at um, the end nope. of day one. Nope. There's just going to be, um, well, there's going to be a, uh, trophy presentation. So $100 to Big Bag and $100 goes to Big Bass for day one. But there's not going to be a traditional weigh-in. That's going to be at the end of day two. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, so if you, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. You'd be, even if it was in the rules that you could do it, I mean, you'd get like 10 minutes of pre-fishing or something. <laughs> right. It's a good question, do? though. Catch them at midnight? Yeah. Also, I always like to say on any podcast, anyone listens to BKFT gets tired of hearing this, but... Don't listen to anything I say when it comes to rules. Make sure you go to BuckeyeKayakFishingTrail.com and go to KBF and read the rules for yourself. I'm not the rule book. I've, I've tried to help people with basic rules, and if there's like 10 points to the rule, I'll leave out one every time. Right. And it's not the same one. It's random, so go, go read the rules. That's why they're posted on the website, so that you can go through, print it out, highlight it, yeah. read it. Love it. Live it. Exactly. One question I have. All right. Are motorized kayaks allowed? Yes. So there's, um, there's three, there's like three national trails. There's actually a fourth one that I'm not real familiar with, but there's the, you know, Bassmaster and then there's the Hobie Bass Open and then KBF. Hobie is the only national trail that does not allow motors in the tournament, but you can use it for pre-fishing. 
Um, but BKFT, since that's probably more specific to the uh, question you asked, we can, um, yeah, we can use motors. Nice. Yep. I don't have one, but man, I'm telling you what, the Torquitos are super fast. Um, I, I know I'm going to leave out some motor names, so I'm not, I'm just going to talk about the ones I know about, but that motor guy, that uh, XI3, is that what it's called? With yeah. the spot lock. That That's is a nice motor. Crazy. Yeah, I had some buddies in Florida that were trying to, uh, they were trying to recalibrate the GPS. And I didn't know that's what they were doing. I thought they were going in circles, like it was broken. Right. But that's like part of the instructions that you go, <laughs> you purposely drive in a circle. Um, yeah. Yeah, I look at it like this. There's, there's pretty much two different styles. And it comes down to the fact how you want to fish. So do you want to stay in one spot? You get something with the spot lock, something with autopilot, maybe. You want to go fast? You get something like a torpedo. So, yeah. I mean, they both work just like when you look at Old Town and Hobie. You know, the Hobie fin system works great for some things, you know, but there's some situations where an instant reverse on the Old Town system definitely excels. You know, it's just like a buddy of mine said, there's not going to be one kayak that does everything. It's like a bag of golf clubs. You know, you're not going to go play a round of nine holes with a putter. You know, right. you're going to take the whole thing. So just like that with kayak fishing, there's going to be the right kayak for what you're really trying to do. Can you use the wrong kayak? Absolutely. But are you going to enjoy it? Maybe not as much. Yeah. And I've even um, made some notes recently. My next YouTube video that I want to make on Billy Kayaks will be, I don't know how many I'm going to come up with, but I'm thinking about doing like a top 10 things to consider before buying a kayak. And I think what's cool is that it's not coming from Strictly Sail or um, Raccoon Creek or Chad Hoover because he, he's done them before. And you're like, everybody knows Chad Hoover is like sponsored by Bonafide and he loves Bonafide. Um, he still gives like mad shout outs to Hobie and he loves the PA 14, but you know, at the end of the day, he has, you know, bonafide. So I'm thinking to do a, yeah, like a, maybe a top 10 or just questions because to your point, there's things that I'll have friends call me and say, Hey, I'm going to get a kayak. Like what, what should I get? Oh my gosh. What's your budget? What are you, are you going to car top it? You put it in the bed of a truck. Do you have a trailer? Like I have so many questions for you, you know, right. and what, what's the person's height and weight? Um, what's their experience level? How many times are they going to take it out? You know, um, skinny water, big water, all those things. So, right. Yeah. And there's some of those videos out there already, but man, the options change so quickly that it's like, you could just keep putting that video out every six months and you'd be, it's like an iPhone. Everything's evolving so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I was going at the beginning. You just triggered my memory when I, I went on like a rant about, and then all of a sudden I started thanking Old Town um, for being at the Bassmaster and, and giving me free beer. Um, but I think that's where I was headed back then when I was talking about it. I cannot believe how fast this sport has grown and how, how quickly the companies evolve with the, the product they make. I mean, even like, you know, Yak Attack or Yak Gadget or any, even like the little accessories and things you want, you can, it, all, it used to be all DIY. Right. And man, if you just save up a couple bucks, you can go buy something that somebody put a lot of R&D into and, and then you're done with it instead of having all this stuff laying around your house that 
or garage like me. And a much better finished product. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my first camera boom was a DIY and, uh, you know, I, by the time it was all said and done, I probably had a hundred dollars in material and I don't know, three, four hours, you know, a little bit of research, a little bit of sourcing materials, putting it together. It's like, what is your time worth? Well, that just cost, you know, what, $300 to produce, right? You know, $400 maybe. Um, so it's, it's really nice to be able to buy a product off the shelf and just boom, there's a camera boom. It's going to do what I need. Or, or like one of the things that I, I just got was, uh, that new yak attack black pack pro. Yeah, man. That thing's awesome. I left it in the bed of the truck the other day after tournament day, you know, Saturday night, woke up Sunday morning, things covered in snow. No, just open up the lid, the snow and water ran off tackle on the insides completely dry oh nice yeah, yeah it keeps everything nice and compact yeah what are you what's your kayak what are you fishing out of uh it's old town big water 132 pedal drive okay i think you told me that already but i memory with the torquedo ultralight 1103 on the back um mm -hmm. usually what i do is i have my prop sitting on the on the port side in my little pocket um, I use the Navarre kayak fishing tool free prop nut. Um, that way I don't have drag when I'm using the Torquedo, but if I need to, you know, I get a line wrapped in the Torquedo or anything like that. I can pull my drive up, put my shear pin in, put my prop on, put my, uh, my prop nut on and be back operational in 30 seconds. Oh, nice. Well, how fast are you going with that 1103? Uh, top speed's about 6.8. Oh, nice. Wow. Hey, I have a, um, I'm not sure what, how I want to like put this out there too, but, uh, I guess a podcast with Chuck Rolls is as good a time as any. I have a Strictly Sale is offering a $250, uh, I guess gift certificate for a Torquedo. So if you're looking, if you're looking to buy one of those and I don't want to step on any of your sponsors, if you're already like out there. Um, but, but if anyone is, if you know, you're going to buy one, I think it, it doesn't expire until like December of 2023 or something like that. So yeah, nice. I, don't, I, I was going to do like a, some kind of raffle or a prize or whatever, but I'm like, I don't know. I think someone that's in the market for it. And then if they listen to this podcast and they hear it, I think that's, you know, reward people for, for getting this far into listening to me talk. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you have anyone at, uh, reach out to you and ask you about that, uh, yeah, give me a shout. Let me know. Well, I will definitely drop your contact information down below as well. That way, everybody can get a hold of Billy and uh, get a hold of the, the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail. Also, get a hold of Strictly Sale. Um, Brian Tacy, Tyler Tacy over there uh, will take care of you. Great guys. Um, like I said, they don't just sell Hobie, they also sell Old Town. So. Yeah, they do. Not that there's anything wrong with Hobie, but I love my kayak. <laughs> oh. um, so it, it looks like in the multi-species, you pretty much have every species covered. I mean, you have drum, steelhead, you even have hybrid. Um, hybrid bass, white bass, striped bass, uh, bowfin, muskie, perch, 
trout, sunfish, rock bass, crappie, largemouth, smallmouth, uh, even carp, walleye, sawgye, channel cat, flathead, or blue, uh, pike, gar. Yeah. What are we missing? Well, the only thing we're missing is that the deadline to sign up for that event, that's called Yak, Ohio. So I guess this would be more of an advertisement and just getting people, getting the word out there for 2023. Um, we kind of went away from the format of Yak, Ohio for a couple of years, and it, it may have turned some people off of that tournament. So the, the signups kind of dropped off. But you, if you're a serious angler and you want to go out and target, the fi- there's 15 categories, and there will be five um, five scorable fish in each category. I think it's five. It might be three. Um, one angler can have up to two scorable fish in that one category. And then you get points. So if you have the largest uh, walleye, you get first place points for the walleye. If you have the largest bluegill, you get... So you can see where those are two different species, but you get the same amount of points. So we're rewarding people for going out and just... It's just an adventure. Um, it's a great... The multi-species is a great kind of family thing or what you were talking about, like drum. Can you imagine going out for drum, perch, catfish on Lake Erie if you were part of this uh, Yak, Ohio? So, But then if, if it's too late and you haven't signed up for that, we also have a dedicated um, two in-person events. Uh, one of them is going to be Delaware Lake Crappie event, and the other one is a musky event on C.J. Brown. And then there's two online one of them's Channel Cat, and then we'll wrap up the year with an online crappie. So there's still four tournaments left, and then, uh, you know, that Yak, Ohio. And I'm signed up for the Yak, Ohio. I, I just posted a seven and a quarter inch uh, bluegill. Nice. Monster. Monster. What's the so biggest what's bluegill? What's your favorite? What's that? What's the biggest bluegill you ever caught? It was probably nine and three quarter, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. What you're asking me, my favorite. What's your favorite species to fish for? My whole life, it was smallmouth, um, and I think it was because that's all I knew in the creeks, and I never was serious angler about it. Um, anyway, largemouth. <laughs> I just love trying to figure out all of the things about, about largemouth. Like why that's what I want to do now. Why? And I was talking to a buddy um, earlier about w- once you get all your techniques down and you get everything figured out, you got your boat, you got your rods and reels and all the baits and all that. And then you go out and you catch a fish. I like to relate fishing to photography. So if I give you a good camera and I put you in position, you can take a good photo and maybe several good photos. But if the light changes, if the weather changes, if, the, if things change, and you know why you took a good photo. Anyone can put it in manual mode with a good camera and take a good photo. But if you can purposely take photos, um, that's when you become a photographer and, and it's art. And catching fish is definitely, there, there's a science, and then, but there's an art to it. And that is the part that intrigues me. The largemouth, you know, you hear about them, they need to survive. Um, obviously they need to eat, but then they also need to not be eaten. So, and then when you start to get into the different things, I mean, I remember a time when I didn't know the difference between structure and cover. I thought the word meant the same thing. 
And once you start to get some of that why, I just, I wanted more and more and more. And so I think largemouth for me is the most challenging. And maybe if I was up around Lake Erie, I could see me taking on the same, because I'm in the middle of the state. I'm in, I'm in uh, Columbus area. If I was up near Lake Erie, I could easily see the same obsession with either uh, walleye or smallmouth. Easy. Yeah. 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 And Ohio largemouth are sometimes shenanigans. Like, it's not the greatest fishing ever. So. <laughs> well, it's, it's challenging. You know, it makes you, like you said, think and dial in, try to figure out the little things, the little stuff that's, why are they biting today? Why are they not biting today? Where are they at? You know, with walleye, you can mark fish all day long, but those fish might not bite. We were out the other day, and, I mean, we marked fish for miles, but the only fish that were biting were maybe in a, an eighth of a square mile. Wow. And, and do you know why with the – I mean, I, they get fired up, right, like walleye? Yeah, some of it's that, some of it, it just depends on where they are in the spawn or in their routine. Some of these fish are moving to the spawning grounds. Some of them have already spawned. Some of them aren't quite past the feeding segment of it, you know, so they're, they're more still kind of feeding it on until they move into the spawning grounds. Yeah. How deep do they spawn? It just depends. Okay. I think you know smallmouth are kind of that way, right? They'll spawn deeper than than you think. Well, there's there's smallmouth that'll spawn uh, shallow up by the islands, and then we have smallmouth that'll come in, you know, and spawn on like the deeper spots uh, in some of the the central basin, where they have some a little bit of structure to get down on, some reef systems. Oh wow. How much uh, smallmouth fishing do you do on Lake Erie? Not as much as uh, as I'd want to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, smallmouth are fun, especially Lake Erie smallmouth. They're very big, very aggressive. Uh, but most of the time, you know, on the good days, I'm chasing the walleye. Uh, now that I'm doing all this full time, um, I'm probably going to target smallmouth and largemouth a little bit more just on the blow days. You know, on the days where I can't get out on Lake Erie, it's 10 foot or something like that. Something insane. And, uh, you know, I can go and explore some of the other hidden gems that, uh, that the area has to offer. You know, like East Harbor, West Harbor, Sandusky Bay, um, pretty much all the tributaries. Well, good luck with that, man. That, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then, like you said, if it's, I mean, I, I'm sure you have, do you have people calling you asking about those trips? Yeah. Smallmouth trips? Yeah. Yeah, I do have a couple of smallmouth trips booked coming up. Okay. Well, not coming up. I think they're um the smallmouth trips. I think we're in late May, early June, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. There's the there's a lot idea. of them, man. I I'm trying to keep them all straight, but I have uh <laughs> probably about 25 people booked so far oh wow uh, like 25 uh individual trips uh 25 individuals yeah okay one trip is uh 
four guys. Another trip's five guys. Um, the rest of them were just singles. Okay. Yeah, I know I had talked to you before about um, taking my son out. I think that's still that's still on the on the table, but you know, man, I don't know how I find time to even just do what I'm doing. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing this though. This is fun absolutely. talking to you about this. I'll talk about fishing all day. Sometimes I yeah, do. That's all I do is talk about fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way, though. Exactly. Well, what? one more question. What are the prizes for these, these tournaments? I mean, there's, there's way too many to list on this podcast, so definitely click the link below. I mean, there's what? There's uh, one, two, three, six... 11 maybe? there's 11 in the tour series 10 in the online series a, a handful in the multi-species series so there's going to be something that uh that might pique your interest or be close to you where you don't have to make a trip you just go down the street meet some friends learn some new things um it's really the camaraderie you know it's a competition yes but you know it's also like a brotherhood a fraternity you know, men and women alike. Um, there's a lot of uh, male anglers as well as very good female anglers out there. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Christine Fisher just cashed her check last year at $35,000 or something. She, uh, right. I think she's, she's caught a couple of fish. <laughs> just a um, couple. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> we, um, the historically some of the bigger events, um, obviously strictly sale our, our sponsor, those events will have a lot of, a lot of prizes, a lot of really good door prizes. And for anyone that's not familiar with the kayak angling, when, when we say door prizes or prizes at the end, it's, it's not just the trophy in the first place or we'll pay out top 10%. So we have a hundred, it'll pay out top 10 places, but we also give away prizes. Just you, you, maybe you blanked, you know, maybe you skunk for the day and you show up to the weigh in and we give a little ticket, a little raffle ticket, and then we call out the numbers. And, you know, you, you might walk away with it. We gave away like a rod locker one year. Um, um, just, well, what I was going to say is like Strictly Sale, that one, to kick off the season, April 23rd, 24th. And then June 4th down at Raccoon Creek, um, Dustin Hoy, man, um, Dustin and Bobby and that whole team down there, they, they put on quite the show. And he has all of his all of his vendors will, will pitch in. And one of the things I've noticed, you know, we hate to blame COVID for a lot of stuff, but it's no, it, it's not a stretch. It's not a, it's not a lie to say when COVID happened, some of the, you know, it, it, it was tough business for everybody, you know? Right. And so some of the prizes, some of the, the free prizes and, and sponsorships for local trails, it was kind of difficult. And um, they, both of those companies that I just named came through, big time the last two years. And I expect it to be exactly the same again this year. Um, I know one of the events, we're going to have some ego nets. So I have a retractable ego net and then a, you know, both of the, uh, then a shorter one and then some grips. So that those will be some good prizes. And then I know I said, not everyone gets a trophy or money, but we're switching to the catch trophies this year. So anyone that's been fishing BKFT in the past, um, that they got the 1985 bowling trophy, the um, plastic participation trophy. Those are gone for this year anyway. 
And we're going to have those catch trophies. So it's basically a, it's like a catch X, um, the aluminum board that's, you know, cut down to size for first, second, third place. And then the name of the event will be on there. And then we're going to put, uh, once the trophies come in, uh, the first round of them, we'll put some, some photos up on social media, kind of promote that a little bit. But so, I mean, if you, if you told me, oh, you get this much for first place or whatever, uh, man, I want that trophy for me. I'm a sucker for a good trophy. And, uh, <laughs> And catch makes a really good trophy. Yeah. It, they have so many different designs now and they're kind of evolving where, I mean, I hope they continue to run with it. Um, they started out with KBF doing that. And since we are a KBF partner, they, you know, they allowed us to, to get involved with that. So I'm excited to see them. I think they're going to be red. So, you know, Buckeye kayak fishing trail. So go bucks. I think they're going to be red and they'll be, you know, that's the hardware that I think I'm going to, I'm going to really want. <laughs> Catch is also doing the trophies for the kayak division for the Lake Erie walleye fall brawl. Nice. Custom designed. Um, I'm kind of leaving it up to Duke, letting him and, and the team design something. They're going to do like a, like a pedestal trophy for first place. And then uh, probably like second through fifth, get some other trophies be really cool something unique and uh you know something to to kind of commemorate the the inaugural year of the kayak division you know yeah. in the biggest the largest walleye tournament in the world really yes sir uh over twelve thousand entries i believe on average oh my goodness half a million dollars in prizes you know, I, I heard that it was funny that you asked me about the my favorite fish. A, a buddy was telling me that Ohio doesn't have an official fish for the state because there, there was something with the lawmakers where they were so like one of them was like it has to be a walleye and then it has to be a smallmouth and they couldn't. So there's no what, what do you it should be? You think it should be a walleye? Who am I asking? What is the walleye capital of the world? Yeah. So walleye should be the Ohio fish. Walleye should definitely be the Ohio fish. Smallmouth can be the runner up. They're great too. Yeah. But there's a reason that we drop a walleye on New Year's Eve in Port Clinton instead of a smallmouth or a ball. Yeah. I, I didn't know that happened. So like right in the middle, I'm telling you, I don't know what's going on down here. What did you do? What? They have this huge walleye that they hang from the sky. And on New Year's Eve at midnight, the walleye drops to, commem uh, to commemorate the new year. Oh, that is cool. I, for a minute, I thought you meant like a real walleye. I was like, Peter's going to, you can't drop fish from the sky. So it's not, it's not real. It's like the New Year's Eve ball. I got it. Yeah, it's, it's about the size of a car. Oh, wow. I'll send you a video. Oh, I was about to say I'm going to go look that up, but okay, you can send me the video. <laughs> and you go there? You, like, go to watch that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, COVID put a damper on it, but uh, um, it's back up and running. I think last year was the first year they came back with it. How long it's have they been be doing It's going to be bigger that? than ever this year. Okay. How long have they been doing it? Yeah. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, it's probably made of aluminum. Pro Duke probably made it. Probably. 
No, he'd make a small mouth for us. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not even trying to trying to fight those, her like either one. I I don't. Yeah. Those walleye have been calling Duke's name. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know that's the great thing about Lake Erie, though. Doesn't matter whether you love walleye or smallmouth. You can go out on a day, targeting both, catching both. Um, Cleveland Fishing Company actually has a. Uh, it's not really a tournament. It's kind of like a, kind of like a competition going on. Um, if you, it's called the the gold, silver, bronze challenge. So you go out, you catch a walleye because they're gold, a steelhead because they're silver, and a bronze. Uh, smallmouth because they're bronze and on the same day doesn't matter if you're in the same spot just has to be a lake erie tributary um, or somewhere on lake erie and uh, they give you this you know gold silver bronze uh, sticker to put on your car oh wow so if i see one of those while i'm up there i'll know what that is now yeah do you have it's, one i do not oh. uh there's only a handful of guys that do. Um, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but it's it's a tall order. Yeah. You can go out and you can catch plenty of walleye, catch a steelhead, catch plenty of small um, walleye, catch a smallmouth. But to catch all three in the same time on the same day is a little bit of a challenge. Um, and honestly, I'll just be honest, I, uh, I haven't put in the work. Okay. That's why I don't have that sticker, you know, because I could, I could do it. I'm sure I could find them somehow. It might take me a few days. Um, but you know, if I drive, go fish here, drive down the street an hour or so, I think I could make it happen. Yeah. We're well, busy guy though. You already said 20, 25 bookings and you, I mean, you're pretty much fishing from like, I mean, maybe all year, but this time of year it starts to pick up probably April through like how, how late? Um, well, the fall brawl ends December 2nd. So I'll be booking trips all the way through December. Um, of course, at, at some point dry suit season does come back. So everybody will be required to be in dry suits to come out. Um, I don't have them yet but I do plan on having some dry suits for clients to uh, rent out during dry suit season in, um, in the fall, especially to compete for the fall brawl win that yeah. kayak. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that some more. So many I can send you some on. details. I bet I'll drop can. them down in the link in the, uh, <laughs> I'll drop them down in the description as well. There you go, man. Well, hey, Billy, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, no problem. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Definitely looking forward to fishing soon. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. We will see you on the next episode. And remember, for me, fishing is life. Thank you.